0: The text for our meditation is that reading from James chapter 3, which in my Bible, which is an NIV, is called Taming the Tongue. I just want to remind you of a couple of the verses, and um, several of them will be on the screen a bit later. But verses 9 and 10, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. On the basis of these words of scripture, and in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whose coming to our world set us free, my sisters and brothers in Christ, the text is about using our tongue. It's about talking. As one who, for some <clears throat> years, <laughs> has made his living as a teacher and a preacher, who has made his living with his tongue and with talking what James says at the beginning of this text is pretty intimidating. We who teach will be judged more strictly. Maybe it would be best if I just sat down right now. Well, I'm glad you all didn't agree. James has been talking in the first two chapters about putting our faith into action, as we have said, turning our faith inside out. And now, in chapter 3, he turns to one of several issues that can often cause dissent in the church. He begins, as I said, with this idea of taming the tongue, sins of the tongue, this small part of our body that has very great power. And so in the text, he uses some graphic examples. You know, the rudder of a ship, fire, taming animals, but unable to tame the tongue. Let's be honest. Is there anyone here who hasn't said something that you immediately, or at least upon reflection, regret that you have said? how do you undo it? How do you you take that back? There's an old, familiar story. In fact, I've heard it in various forms, Uh, so I'm just going to kind of summarize it, but someone was caught spreading damaging rumors in their village, and went to the local priest and the priest said, what I want you to do is take your feather pillow and go around town and take one pillow from in that, or one feather from that pillow and put it on the doorstep of every house in town. And the person did it. And they felt kind of relieved. Maybe they had somehow made amends Went back to the priest and reported that that's what they had done. And the priest said, wonderful, that's great. Now, I want you to go and pick them all up again. Impossible. They've blown. They've gone all over. Can't be done. And so with our words. Once spoken, they can never be retrieved. So as is often said, I'm sure you've heard it said, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and only one tongue. And when I was talking about that with some of you a few weeks ago, somebody said, well, we have two of a lot of body parts, legs and arms and eyes, and even two feet that we can stick in our mouth. (laughs) Perfect. The Bible gives us all sorts of guidelines about using our tongue. Maybe the most prominent are the Second and the Eighth Commandments. In Luther's explanation of the Second Commandment, he says, we should not curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, or deceive, but use that name to call on him, to pray, to praise, and to give thanks. The Eighth Commandment says, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Luther said, no, instead, defend them, speak well of them, and explain everything in the kindest way. Paul writes to the Ephesians, speak the truth in love. He writes to the Thessalonians, encourage one another, build one another up. In other words, be careful what you say. Tame your tongue. Think before you speak. Listen twice as much as you talk. Some might protest on this 4th of July, this Independence Day. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? We have freedom of speech. We can say whatever we want. And we're protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. It's our rights. It's our freedom as Americans. In this political climate, in this age of social media, we've seen that carried to its extremes. And we see how hurtful it can be and what it can lead to. Scripture speaks about freedom as well. In John chapter 8, Jesus said... If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Pilate famously asked, What is truth? Well, Jesus answered that question, too. In John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the truth. But as Jack Nicholson famously improvised in the movie, A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth. Our world doesn't want God's truth. Our society doesn't want to be bound to Jesus as truth. We want our own version of the truth. We want truth to be relative to us. But as Jesus' disciples, each of us, we may be in the world, but we are not to be of the world. Our American freedom of speech, a blessing as all of our freedoms are is not to be misused and for us it is to be guided by our allegiance to jesus christ saint paul states interesting to me this was we get a verse of the day on our phone every day so i'm not completely technophobic but we get a verse of the day and it was this verse that I'm going to read to you now, from Galatians 5, verse 13. You were called to be free. St. Paul is writing, he's talking, of course, about Christian freedom, freedom from sin and Satan, from the power of death and hell in our lives. We are called in Jesus Christ to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful flesh. He was talking about other issues. He was talking about things that were separating the church of his day. One of them was what you eat or don't eat. We look at that, we think, well, that's not quite an issue today, but it is sometimes. But this speech thing, can we really say whatever we want? I'll never forget watching a movie, and it's funny because I can't forget this scene, but I don't remember what the name of the movie was. It was about a a black butler who had served in the White House for several presidents. Anyway, the scene that I can't forget is people coming out of church in their Sunday best, women still in hats and white gloves, walking out of church and screaming at a freedom bus, curses. I just can't forget that. My friends, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. These things ought not to be. You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful flesh, Paul says. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Or as one author said, exercise your tongue and your typing fingers, and I would add your texting and twittering thumbs exercise them in a way that will please the god who created them follow the example of our lord who peter says in his first epistle no deceit was in his mouth and when he was insulted he did not retaliate he did not give in get get even indeed from the cross He prayed for those who were putting him there. Father, forgive them. Jesus gave his life on that cross so that we might have life. Life free from the power of sin and Satan and death. Life free to serve one another. Not to cause divisions and hurt, but to bring comfort and peace. There's so much more I could say, but I'm going to tame my tongue. Close with this thought. Our liberty, the freedom we enjoy as American citizens came at great cost and should indeed be celebrated. Always remembering that our true, lasting freedom came at an even greater cost. The life of the very Son of God was given battling our enemies. Those that would and continue to try to enslave us again. And he rose again in order to guarantee that freedom forever. Something to be celebrated every day to celebrate that by using your tongue in praise and worship to glorify God and then to take that news and share it with your tongue to those who don't know that freedom in Jesus' name Amen. A couple of hear and practice questions. Think about a time you used your tongue to speak hurtful words and a time you spoke encouraging words. How did your hearers react, and how did you feel about what you said in both cases? And then, how can you more purposefully use your tongue in service to our Lord and to others. Take a moment to think about that.